The sharp sell-off in bonds has led to some investor concern. But should you rethink your stock bond portfolio? Here's what matters. Live from our respective coronavirus social distancing outposts, I'm Lauren Goodwin. And I'm Robert Sarenbetz. And this is Market Matters from New York Life Investments. In this podcast, we, the strategists at New York Life Investments, will share insights from the multi-asset solutions team, what we think matters as we manage investment solutions. That includes Mainstay's diversified portfolio series, including the Income Builder Fund, as well as bespoke solutions for our partners. By sharing perspectives and engaging with you, our listeners, we can all become better investors. Welcome, everybody. It's the week of March 8th, 2021. And judging by the influx of questions we've received these last two weeks, there's one thing on every investor's mind. The rise in interest rates. Oh, yes. For those of our listeners who might not be following the bond market closely, the benchmark 10-year U.S. Treasury was up 33 basis points in February a move that has led the 10-year to now trade around 1.5%. And that's a level not seen since before the pandemic. Now, 1.5% or so for the 10-year is not a high interest rate by historical standards, but the speed at which rates moved up towards that level was enough to cause investors to pause. Pause they did. There was actually a bond auction, and that's where the U.S. government issues treasury debt to investors. And that was at the end of February, and it was pretty brutal. Now, I say brutal because there wasn't really demand for those securities. There, there still is a lot of demand for that debt, and specifically U.S. government debt, which has a positive yield compared to other areas. And that's a plus for investors when compared to other developed countries that have negative yields. That said, expectations for higher spending have meant more U.S. debt issuance from the government. And sometimes it takes demand a week or two to recover from that. And this is a dynamic and a development, these higher interest rates that are impacting all types of asset classes. Rising interest rates, we normally think of that as impacting bonds because higher rates mean lower prices for bonds. But it also creates a trade-off for investors between bonds and equities because if prices in bonds are falling a bit, then maybe they look more attractive relative to equities. And so these rates impact all different types of considerations that we have in asset management. Also worth mentioning that as these higher interest rates impact equity moves, they particularly impact long duration equities, which skipping to what that really means, it means tech companies. Yeah. And those are all really great points. But before we get into the devil of those details, what it means for portfolios and asset allocation, I think that we should take a step back, LG, and talk about exactly why interest rates are rising. You want to get us started on that? Sure. Happy to. So Interest rates are rising because most simply, economic growth or expectations for economic growth are improving. And this has been our conversation for the last several months. Control over the virus through social distancing and a vaccine rollout that's accelerating means that there's light at the end of the tunnel for the economy. A return to normal, if you will. 
Yes. And with a return to normal comes a lot of pent up demand for services and activities that were once restrained by the virus. But unfortunately, we don't live in an all else equal world. Every action has an equal or greater reaction, right? That's exactly right. And the, the way that the math works here in the markets is that if economic growth is improving, then we start to look at inflation too, prices, right? Because if there's more demand, then maybe companies can raise prices for their goods or services. And we talked about this on the program a few weeks back, but under the hood, this rise in bond yields is all about that improving growth, improving inflation. And so you need better pricing on those bonds to make up for that inflation risk. Mm. And so is the bond market currently getting this story right? Mostly, yes, with one caveat. I think the market seems to be setting expectations for not just this improvement in economic activity, but also an expectation that the Fed will respond, that we'll see tighter central bank policy and uncertainty around inflation and rate increases pretty soon in the next year or so. And I I think that at least for now, we should take the Fed at their word these days. I wouldn't expect a, a lot of monetary tightening, certainly not an increase in interest rates for still several quarters to come. Yeah, thanks for that Fed perspective. Um, I think there's also three important things for investors to consider alongside this rate rise story. One, rates are rising for a reason, and it's a good one. Better growth, as you said, means better corporate sales and profits. Two, higher rates are not the same thing as high rates. Yes, they are up a lot, but it's not yet at a level that we think would stifle economic growth. Consumer borrowing costs, like mortgages, for example, remain incredibly low versus history. And financial conditions to businesses are still very loose. Businesses can easily borrow money. And higher rates can be offset by more attractive risk-taking. And that comes to credit spreads, so business prospects are improving. And three, the third thing here is all about inflation. We had a podcast on inflation a few weeks back, which I suggest that our listeners revisit if you didn't catch it. But in short, we aren't super worried about inflation that would cause the Fed to maybe change its tune. Now it's time for our portfolio pause, a section of the program where we share an investment idea. I think we have to share two ideas today, one for equities and one for fixed income, right? Yeah, it's only fair since we brought up both. In that case, I'll take equities. So at a high level, the relative resilience of equities over the past week or so, in my mind, illustrates that this isn't the end of the bull market in equities. There's still some room for equities to move higher. But as a reminder to investors, pullbacks happen. They're healthy. A 5% or more pullback in equity tends to happen three times a year. And so when we see those moments of volatility, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad investment environment. A secular bull market in this case remains intact as long as the Fed stays accommodative in in our view. And so even if the market is worried about rising inflation, the Fed's been very clear that it's not worried. And so again, at least for now, we're not worried yet either. That's a great point. But what about all this tech and growth weakness we've seen? Yeah, if I brought it up earlier, I guess I need to dig into it. So it's a little bit in the weeds, but I think that the pro-cyclical value-oriented reopening trade remains intact. And, And again, we've talked about this on the program before. As economic growth improves, certain types of equities tend to improve, and it tends to be in this pro-cyclical value area. 
what we're seeing now is a move in that direction, but investors haven't yet sufficiently repositioned their portfolios to account for things like a higher yield environment. And so that suggests to us that there's more room, more room for further outperformance of that cyclical trade. Moreover, the higher yields reflect the reality that we're reopening. Investors are going to be putting their dollars towards industries and businesses that are going to benefit from improving mobility. Technology stocks and growth stocks are particularly sensitive to both of those trends. Increases in yield aren't necessarily bad news for equities, but they might be on average slightly worse news for equities that tend to outperform when rates are lower, and that includes growth in tech. Yeah, that's all really well said. And for bonds, the story is pretty similar, but there's a little bit of a difference here with many of the investors we talk to because investors are just wondering in general why they should own them if interest rates are rising, if if bond prices are going down. And the key here is that it depends on an investor's goals and needs. For some investors, bonds serve an important diversification purpose for the portfolio as a ballast during market sell-offs, which are part of a healthy bull market. For others, we should note that they need income. They need to generate some cash flows from their portfolio. So rising yields may eventually prompt investors to see bonds as a more viable alternative to stocks. Though I have to say with 10-year real yield, so the nominal interest rate minus inflation, it's around negative 75 basis points or or negative three quarters of a percent. So it's not clear when exactly that income generation would, would occur. Oh, I'm so tempted to call you out and ask you to stake a claim. But instead of doing that, because I really don't think that um, these yields are a moving target. And so I don't think it's necessarily helpful to call a certain level. Instead, let's think about the general takeaway, because I love where you took that in terms of diversification. If our view is that Yes, bond yields are gradually going to rise from here, which again, yields rising would mean prices potentially falling. What can an investor do? What's interesting in this environment? That's a great question. Uh, And yes, calling a level on the interest rates is arduous task to say the least. So there's really two things to do. One thing that we're doing in our portfolio is that we're shortening our duration. And so that move means moving into bonds that have a shorter maturity that will pay you back the principal earlier rather than later. And you can even take on a little bit more credit risk in this space because both of these things mean that they're going to be less sensitive to rising interest rates. An investor can also look elsewhere for income. And this is where a financial professional can come in handy for investors But there are strategies, generally speaking, that generate income or are particularly good hedges to inflation, like commodity-oriented strategies. And a financial professional can help identify what makes sense for your financial goals. Coming up next, in the economic data this week, all eyes are on inflation. We're going to get consumer price inflation on Wednesday and producer price inflation on Friday. And we've mentioned over and over again that investors are expecting inflation to rise and kind of wondering what the Fed will do in response. Now, I expect that things like rising gas prices and increasing logistics costs and shipping and those types of things could contribute to higher prices in both of these areas. But From a market perspective, even though some of the near-term inflation expectations are surging, long-term inflation isn't yet the market base case. Now, remains to be seen 
Um, but that's one area where we'll be focusing a lot this week and then in future months as the inflation print comes in. Yes. And related to inflation, as we discussed, is economic growth. And a big aspect of this economic growth is fiscal stimulus. Over the weekend, the Senate passed their own version of the $1.9 trillion fiscal stimulus bill that you might have been hearing about. So with that passage, additional fiscal stimulus looks really likely. There's going to be some negotiations on some of the finer details, but there's going to be some more checks to consumers coming soon. Yeah, and and maybe more inflationary pressures, right? Well, that's it for today. We'll be back next week with more Market Matters. Let us know what matters to you. If you have a question or topic of interest, reach out to us on social media. That's right. You can send us your questions or highlight what matters to you by finding us on LinkedIn. You can also follow our views on our website. Just go to newyorklifeinvestments.com and click Insights. Until then, I'm Robert Sarenbetz. And I'm Lauren Goodwin. See you next time. Our podcast is produced by Milo Benamont, and our music was composed by the fabulous Zach Young. I'll now read our disclosures from compliance. For more information about Mainstay Funds, call 1-800-624-6782 for a prospectus or summary prospectus. Investors are asked to consider the investment objectives, risks, and charges and expenses of the investment carefully before investing. The prospectus or summary prospectus contains this and other information about the investment company. Please read the prospectus or summary prospectus carefully before investing. There's no assurance that the investment objectives will be met. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, which will vary. All investments are subject to market risk and will fluctuate in value. This material represents an assessment of the market environment as of a specific date. It is subject to change and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by the reader as research or investment advice regarding the funds or any issuer or security in particular. The strategies discussed are strictly for illustrative and educational purposes and are not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or to adopt any investment strategy. There is no guarantee that any strategies discussed will be effective. This material contains general information only and does not take into account an individual's financial circumstances. This information should not be relied upon as a primary basis for an investment decision. Rather, an assessment should be made as to whether the information is appropriate in individual circumstances and consideration should be given to talking to a financial advisor before making an investment decision. New York Life Investments is a service mark and name under which New York Life Investment Management LLC does business. New York Life Investments is an indirect subsidiary of New York Life Insurance Company, New York, New York 10010, and provides investment advisory services and products. New York Life Distributors LLC is located at 30 Hudson Street, Jersey City, New Jersey, 07302. New York Life Distributors LLC is a member of FINRA SIPC.